Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 285 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, the godfather, Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? Grouchy. Are are you yelling at kids to get off your your lawn already? I mean, Actually, I'm yelling at rabbits to get off of my lawn. There's one oh back at my God. wife's bird feeder right now. So, are you yelling at a cloud for being so high in the sky? No, I would never yell at the clouds. All right. Well, um, I'm going to give you a chance to yell a little bit because I'm going to go ahead right off the top here. I want to get your opinion. We just got finished with players' weekend. You're going to wind me up right off the bat. Huh? <laughs> just going to get you going into grumpy man mode. Um, the first of all, it, the Reds. I, you know, the Reds are the Reds. They're Exactly 500 since that one and eight start. They do well and they do awful. They, they are who they are at this point. But, you know, they, they hit this stretch where we expect them. They're playing as last place teams. They're going to go it's, here. We're going to make a little bit of a run, at least to have a respectable season. They win two out of three against the San Diego at home and then immediately go on the road and just lay a complete egg getting swept by the hapless Pittsburgh Pirates. And um, I want to talk about that series as well, Bill. Uh, but uh, that series also coincided with players weekend so i get the sense that you didn't have any fun at all those three days i don't see the you're you, 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 you forcing me to do my get off my get off my lawn thing but <laughs> I, I, it's the dumbest thing i've ever seen I, I don't understand the point i i understand they're supposed to be engaging with younger play fans that's what baseball is supposed to do <laughs> letting them wear fancy shoes and wear really butt ugly uniforms really isn't going to engage in, in the in the nonsense of the players nicknames on the back so if you don't if you if you're a casual fan and you don't know the numbers you don't know who the hell the guys are anyway <laughs> it's the dumbest me. idea i've ever heard of. well it's not the dumbest idea i've ever heard of uh, <laughs> but it, it, it rates right in the top two or three I, I i don't see the point you maybe you can you know you're a you're a studied man of, of you're a learned man explain to me the logic of, of wasting time and effort and a whole bunch of money on that nonsense. Because <laughs> it's fun. No, what fun? What is, explain to me the fun. Where's the fun? All right, first of all, I will agree with you on the uniforms this year. They were absolutely hideous. They were awful. But the players got to determine what kind of uh, cl- uh, cleats they wanted to wear, their spikes. They all had different. And, th- and I have no ones. problem with that. And, and that's some little, some self-expression and, and blah blah blah, and it doesn't detract from the game at all. It's the same thing with the nicknames. It's no, you know... that's stupid. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're some seven year old kid sitting in the stands who doesn't know that who all the players' numbers are, you know he doesn't know who Meathead is. <laughs> I'm not even on your lawn. <laughs> it's just ignorant. I mean, it's just. In fact, I would say that that alienates more fans than it makes. Oh my goodness! No way! No yes, way! Absolutely. People love when players show some personality and some individuality. That's not personality? That's idiocy. Um, you're, you're taking away from the game because you the play, you want the play the fans to identify with the players. It's not taken away if from the game at all. They, know they are. How can they do that? How is the game any different than it would have been if they'd have been wearing, uh, you know, the, not, the, the baseball game itself is not different, but the, the, the experience for the fan is different because they can't, if, if you're a casual guy and you don't know, now you can look on the scoreboard and I understand that, but if they're in the field, you can't do that. If you don't know who those guys are and you don't know their names, and know what their numbers are. It, it's just to me, it's just idiocy. Okay, first of all, the casual guy can't see the name on the back of a uniform uh, from the upper deck anyway, unless you're in the first three that rows. Was one of the first things that Nightingale said, I think it was Nightingale tweeted on the Friday night when they were in the idiot white uniforms, was that from the from the, the the press box you couldn't read the numbers or the, the names. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a function of those uniforms, but I'm saying just with the regular uniforms. I, I, I can't read the names on the back I'm of the uniform. I'm 60 years old and I can read the names on the back of the uniforms from the upper deck. Oh, my goodness. Now that it fits your little uh, grumpy old man argument. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's Joey Votto's nickname. Dumber than that is the wave. And I heard, you know, and, and, and I heard your Bill whining about the wave all the time comment the other day. 
Mr. Dotson. Boy, is this just going to be an hour of you yelling at me? It may be. We'll see. <laughs> Joey Votto's, and if you're listening, uh, Bill and I uh, have argued like this for uh, <laughs> over two decades, probably. Years, probably. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, there's nothing serious about this. Exactly. But, uh, although. You can't yell at your friends. Who can you yell at? Exactly. But, you know, uh, Joey Votto's nickname, that, that's just brilliance. That's glorious. You said, what who? was it? It was who. Who's on first? Yeah, okay. And how many people do you think got that? Listen, you did because that was a comedy routine from your childhood. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Actually, that, that's probably the funniest baseball thing ever. It is. It is absolutely. If you haven't actually seen it, you need to actually go sit and watch it because it's it still holds up as well. And, and they did it in like 12 different movies or something. I mean, yeah. it, and what we're talking about for those that are um, un, 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 uninformed, that's a word I'll use. It's an Emmett Costello routine that that they it was in. I mean, it was probably and it was probably a radio routine before it was in the in the movies um, about baseball, and it, it is absolutely hysterical. And, and I'm sure it's on YouTube or, or something. Okay, so since we're uh, finished with, yeah, I agree. It's fantastic. You need to go watch it. Since we uh, finally are we moving on to the wave now? We're going to leave the wave uh, behind us because uh, you expressed your opinion on that, but. What about that pirate series? I mean, was that as? I mean, how big a disaster was that? I mean, two games they blew that they absolutely should have won, and then one where they just got, you know, murdered, humbled. It was awful. I mean, it was just against a bad team. Low point in the season. Um, the, the 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 one and eight start. We didn't really know what we had then. I I don't think, and, right. and so and it was the beginning of the year, so you, you were disappointed. But you didn't really you didn't know where you were. To me, I, I didn't know where I was in terms of expectations. And you know, and they they've been playing they've been playing really well for like the last month. Yeah, well, I think they lost what one series in the last month, or you know, pardon me, or something like that. Well, we and, at least, we at least knew that we were absolutely this is a better team than the Pirates. Right, and and if you, and the other thing we knew was if they were going to make a move. Six ga- or six games, three in Pittsburgh and three in Miami, I think. If I um, was it three and three, is it three and three? Anyway, yeah. a, a series of Pittsburgh and a series of Miami was the time you were going to do it. Yep. And to go and in, in, into Pittsburgh and drop a turd like they did in Pittsburgh, it, it, and, and they and for all intents and purposes, it sure looked like they quit. No, and people said and were asking on Twitter. Have they mailed it in at this point? And, and, I, and I said that I responded to somebody and I said, I, I'm not willing to say that to, to pass judgment on that after three games. Now, I said, if they go into Miami and look this bad, then I'd say, yeah, they probably have. But they've gone into Miami now and won the first two. So, yeah, somebody says that it, that it looked like they've quit. Well, they, they looked awful. There's no question about that. But tell me which players didn't play their hardest. You know, tell me which players were checked out, not really. Not really engaged in the game. I don't. I don't buy that. These are professionals. I. I. I never buy that. Um, you don't. You don't think guys ever just go through the motions when they get to a certain point in the season? No. no not on this I, team. I, I. I didn't say this team. I said I. I believe some player too. Oh, maybe, but you know, everybody that's in the lineup against the Pirates is fighting for a job next year. Yeah. You know, except. Not except for not like. Ever. Yeah. Except for like three of them. Right. I agree. I mean, you know, uh, Castillo and, and, and Bauer and, uh, you know, uh, Sonny Gray, they're going to be here. Suarez and Votto and Senzel are going to be here. Well, Votto wasn't playing this weekend. Suarez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Suarez, he looked, he looked worn to a nub in Pittsburgh. Well, then, he, he turned, then he turns around in Miami and, and. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's a, it's a bad series. I don't, I don't ever like to attribute it without some evidence to some, uh, some greater, uh, narrative, but uh, but anyway, I mean the season is what it is. This team is they're not. We've been saying all year that that you know that we keep saying they're better than what we think they are, and maybe they're not. I I think they're a five hundred team. They're, they're, the thing that bothers me is the two things that bothered me about what we've seen out of this team this year, and, and I don't know what to attribute it to, and maybe all teams do this, and I'm just not remembering, you know. But they've blown some games where they've had big leads. Yeah. 
And the other thing is the, the, the tremendous amount of one-run losses. And, and I don't know what to attribute either one of them to. You know, people could say, you know, discipline and fundamentals and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. You know, I, I do think that this team has some fundamentals problems. Um, but, I, I, but I agree with you. I think they play hard uh, for the most part. Um, you know, and there's been complaints about the bullpen, but, you know, there are times the bullpens looked really good and times the bullpens looked really bad. And, and, and I think that's just the part, that, something that happens during the course of any season. Yeah, to, any, to every team. That's what I think. And yeah. then losing big yeah. leads, that happens to everybody. It happens to the Reds every year. I mean, it, uh, maybe yeah, it's... I, I, and, and without doing some statistical analysis to find out whether it's happened more often this year than normal, you know, we, I don't know. Yeah. They're 19-27 and 27 in one-run games. There's the difference in the season, you know. If they have, if they flip that, what's their record on Sundays? It's some ungodly, terrible number. I can't even remember what it is, but it's they've only won like five times on Sunday all year or something like that. That I don't know, um, but I know that their record in day games is is awful. Yeah. So, which is just I don't know. Yeah, that's probably just statistical noise. I mean, just a coincidence. Uh, yeah, it, it probably doesn't mean anything, but it's weird. It is right. Yeah, it's because it's so bad. It's, so, it's such a strange. Uh, Difference. So and it's not. It's not like you know the old Dusty Baker Sunday after you know Sunday lineups. That's true. Everybody's playing every day. And used to be, you, you could say, okay, well they're terrible on Sundays because Dusty plays, you know, the bottom of the bench every week. But that's not the case. Bell doesn't do that. He barely has a bench, and they're all playing every day. So, yeah, I mean, and he shuffles his team around for the most part all year. He shuffled the team around. And I, I would be willing to bet you they haven't started the same lineup four games in a row all year. Probably not, but Sparky didn't start the same lineup uh, often either. So, well, he did when they were healthy. When they were healthy, well, in the playoffs, he did too. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> and that's why that eight never lost. And they were they were great. They were pretty good. No, no, that eight they were great. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I don't know what's going to happen going forward here. The Reds have how many games left? Too many. Um, let's see. I'm going to do some quick math here. I went to public school. I can't do quick math. 131, so they got uh, 31 games to go. So uh, it's they're not going. They're not going to get to 500. I'm just I'm no, and, and, and you know, but probably not going to lose 90 games either. So that's, yeah, they'd have to tank. They'd have to really go in the tank to to lose 90. Yeah, I mean, if they end up uh, 77 and 85 or something like that, you know, 78 and 84, it's progress. Gosh, I'd love to see him get to 80 wins, but I just I don't see how it, I just don't see how it can happen at this point. Yeah, and we've got some questions about these kinds of these 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 discussions that we'll talk about a little later. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, let's talk a little bit before we get into some of our viewer mail. Um, and we kind of got started with it, but who are the guys that you think are guaranteed to be back in a pivotal role? Guaranteed, guaranteed to be back or guaranteed to be gone? Uh, let, let's say, let's start with who's guaranteed to be back because I think it's a pretty small number, actually. Votto, Suarez, Senzel, uh, this, the, the, the big three star, or the, the big three starters. And, and while we're talking about it, do you have any concerns about how Bowers pitched since he came over? Oh, yeah. Other than he's been terrible. Well, we got a question about that. We'll get into that in a moment. Okay. Um, the answer is yes, but we'll get into that in just a second. Okay. I think I think that's the I think there's six players. And 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 and, and okay, is that what I just named? Was that six? Yeah. yeah. Three pitchers, three uh, three, three position players. players. I think those. And, and, and those are, yeah, and that's all I would be confident saying out of the twenty-five that are going to be back next year. Now, now, you know, during the rebuild in Philadelphia, that one year, I think they had three guys or something from the the previous year. On the twenty-five man roster, mm-hmm. well, I could yeah. see, I could actually see him moving Suarez. And 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 Welsh says that you know that Chris says that turnover is good for teams. Well, it's not working with what we got, so there's got to be some turnover. Um, I think it would have to. I think they need they would have to have a hell of an offer to unload to move Suarez. Who? Oh, I think so too. But he has such a a, a favorable contract that he may he may have he may be an attractive asset. You know, on the trade market, so he may be well, able to bring something back. Yeah, and and you know, either they have to believe in India, I guess, or, or moving Senzel back in, or signing 
uh, Anthony Rendon. Rendon in the offseason. Yeah, I, you know, I believe that'll happen. Or even Van Meter at third, something like that. I mean, there are lots of different things that could go around. But you, you, the flip side of the question was, who do you think is not going to be on the roster well, next year? Before, we, and I know you guys talked about Van Meter the other day, and and we like. I mean, all of us. I heard you and Jason talking, and 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 I really like this guy. I like what I what I've seen out of him. And it, apparently, Chris Welsh likes him too, from what what Chris has told me off off mic. Uh, but I get the impression that we like him better than the Reds seem to. I don't think there's any way to know that, but it's certainly from the outside well, lo- looks I, like I, it. The yes. only way you can judge that is by the way they're using him. Yeah, and that they went out and got Freddie Galvis. You know who was a, who was a freebie, and, and, and I and I have no problem with them picking up Freddie Galvis. Right, and he's done a wonderful job since he came over to this team. Just don't know why Van Meter's not playing second five days a week. Yeah, and, 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 you know unless. Uh, now you know. Right now, I can I, you can make the argument with Winker on the DL that you know say say they believe they know what they can get defensively from Van Meter at second base, and he's still in the lineup. Yeah, and he's been playing first base for Votto while he was out. So, uh, so so you know, but, but Van, Van Meter's playing a lot. Oh yeah, right now. So they may like him. They may just. I mean, they like may him. think of him more as a utility guy than we do. Okay. You can still get him 500 at bats. Yeah, but but you have to have guys. You have, if you're going to have a utility guy like that, that means you don't have a good eight, which which I think that's more and more common than it used I, to be. I think it's overrated. I don't think there's any reason for that. I think David Bell would prefer to have 10 or 11 guys that you can mix and match. I mean, I... I, 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 fall, I fell into it just a moment ago. I fall into that mode of saying, well, we, why is he not our starting second baseman? But you know what? Uh, if he can get 550, 500 to 550 at-bats playing four or five different positions, that's a valuable player as long as he's in the lineup. Yeah, I agree. So. But it, it depends on who you're taking out of the lineup to play him. And, yeah. also, to, and also to me when you're taking him out of the lineup. Yeah, they need to be taking uh, Iglesias and Galvis out of the lineup for him. And and that hasn't been happening. It has not. Although, don't say anything bad about Jose Iglesias. 297 batting average now. Yep. 326 on base percentage, which is okay. And he's the third worst of all qualified shortstops in the major. Yeah, leagues. I know. And what, were you, what number are you using for that? Wins Is it RC plus or something? Wins of a replacement, WRC plus, weighted runs created plus, uh, weighted on base average. And and his OPS plus, to just use a, a, a quick and dirty number, is 91. Yeah, which is far and away. Oh. It's far and away the highest of his career. He's never been over 85 before. Yeah. And I mean, he's having, a, he's having a nice year. For him, absolutely. I don't have any problems with Jose Iglesias. I'm not but, gonna... he's 20, but he's 29 years old, and he's having a career offensive year. Yeah, that's the guy you're going to spend money on? What are the chances are that you're gonna that he's gonna repeat that? Yeah, very very slim. Although I agree, you know, and it's nothing against him. He's he's come in here, and the Reds got him basically for nothing, and he's given them a really nice year, if, much more than I think any anybody had a right to expect when they signed him in spring training. Oh, if if he's not a Red after this year, I'm gonna have very fond memories of him here. He's played hard. He's uh, played his glove has been dazzling. Yep. At times he's gotten some some clutch hits. Uh, you know, uh, again, I don't think that's a repeatable skill, but uh, it doesn't change the fact that he did it. And so, yeah, I, I've liked Jose Iglesias here. I think he's a very poor bet going forward as a 30-year-old shortstop um, coming off a career yeah. year. But and, shortstop, and let's remember, shortstops like second basemen tend to fall off a cliff. True, true. Although he's he's an elite one with the glove. So, um, but there's so I'm many. About, I'm talking about offensively. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway. Uh, Quickly, is there anyone you're willing to say absolutely will not be on the roster next year? Um, well, somebody we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the other Iglesias. You, I, I'm more and more becoming convinced, and you were pretty convinced of it a couple of weeks ago, that he won't be here next year. Uh, and and I have no, and I'm going to say something that, that I have no absolutely no evidence of this, but I don't think Jesse Winker will be here next year. I think the Reds are, are not sold on Jesse Winker. I think the they will I think he'll be part of a package deal going somewhere else. I hope not because I like the kid and I think he could be a valuable 
member of this team used correctly. But I, I just it's a feeling I have. I, I, I can't attribute it to anything, but it's a feeling I have. Well, uh, we, we, we all love Jesse Winker. And against right-handed pitchers, he is an elite hitter. I, I think it's safe to say he's an elite hitter against – I mean, we're not, not talking Mike Trout elite, but he's a top-shelf hitter against right-handed pitchers. The problem is he can't hit lefties at all, and his defense is uh, adequate on its best days. Yes, so, which is which, which is why we all laughed when they put him in center field. And he, I mean, he hasn't embarrassed himself out there in center field. No, he's got decent instincts. He's just, uh, I don't know. He's he does he doesn't get good jumps necessarily, and uh, he's not he's not quick. It's hard to play when you're not quick. But uh, but man, that guy can hit. And uh, I don't know. I just like everything about Jesse Winker. Just about. Yeah, so. he's he's got 147 plate appearances against left-handed pitching this year, and. The numbers are pretty ugly. Well, that goes back to that's his career. That's his career. These are career splits. And that, that goes back to his minor league splits as well. Exactly the same. He's, um, I think he had a year back in like 2014 where he was okay against lefties, but other than that, um, he's been miserable all the way. And so, it is what it is. Um, I, I I don't know. I hope he's back. But we we got a question about that. We'll uh, we'll answer in a moment. You want to dig into a little bit of a uh, little bit of viewer mail. I would love to. Hash Brown. Are there, are there any questions about the wave? Oh my goodness! We'll have to see. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. you got... All right. It's, it's going to be. It's a surprise. It's like Karnak exactly. on the first. Boy, I tell you what, you. I can pull them out. I can pull them out. <laughs> I can go back into the old treasure chest. I mean, listen. I'm I'm the old guy here with uh, the viewer mail David Letterman references actual letters from actual viewers, but uh, you have to trump me every time you uh. I'm, show, I'm showing my age, my friend. Go to Johnny Carson. All right, anyway, uh, Joe Farsing asks, he's, this is the first uh, viewer mail question of the week. It's uh, submitted on patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you too can support the podcast and uh, get uh, get a little bit of a preferential treatment when it comes to your viewer mail questions being answered. And we appreciate all them folks. Oh, my goodness. I'm blown away by the community that's uh, that's growing around that Patreon. Do you have, how many how many? So Patreon supporters do you have? I don't know, like a billion, I think, at this point. I'll, I'll have to check. The last time I checked, right. it was close to a billion. So you, did you buy that private jet yet? <laughs> Hold on, I'm still pricing them. Oh, okay. Uh, Joe Farson asks, it's nearly time to utilize 2019. So was this season a success, failure, or meh? Yeah, I see Joe also answered his own question. but um, he, he did. That's what Joe likes to do. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I think it's a success. I, I think people, for the most part, are, are more positive about the direction of this team than they were a year ago. And I think people have seen this team doing things, and, and mostly the front office, but even the managers and the way they're handling the bullpen, I think, uh, seeing this team act the way – other teams in the big leagues have been acting for the, you know, dealing with things in the last few years. So, you know, I, I think that's, I think it's been a success. I don't think we're where we want to be wins and losses and, and there's still things to be, to be done, but I, I think we've moved the, 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 the bar up how much or as much as we'd like. No, probably not. But I, I think the bar's raised. Certainly it's not an unqualified success. No, absolutely not. But I guess if you got to look at it sort of like a sliding scale. If it's 0 to 100, you know, and, and 50 is just staying in place and 0 is a failure and 100 is a success, I'm probably like a 55 or, or 60. I mean, you know, it was they, they made some movement in the right direction, and I think that the new front office has uh, demonstrated a an ability that I've not had confidence in before, I guess is one way to put it. I think that they're better set up going into 2020 than they've been going into a season for a long time, but now they've got a lot of work to do. So I hesitate to call it a success because they're, you know, seven games under 500 right now and just some nights really ugly to watch. But on the other hand, they were relevant into August, which is like a record. And uh, so, a minor success, I would say, a mild yeah, success. And I don't want people to think that we're that we're you know 
making excuses or accepting mediocrity. But what we're saying is they did better than they've done in the past few years. You know, we're mo- and we're moving in the direction we want to go. The other thing that, and you've talked about this in the past, and I'm surprised you didn't hit on it again. We've also seen the, this front office make decisions that this team never would have made in the last few years. Dozens of them. They've cut bait on guys that this team would never have done in the last few years. Uh, and, and, and I think that's a, make, you know, that's a success in, in one instance, you know? Yeah. Or in, in, one, in one facet. Um, so, you know, I, I think there, there are things that they succeeded at and things that they failed at. And, and I, I, overall, I would, I would say we, they did more harm than, or they did more good than harm. But like you said, there's there's a lot of work to be done in the offseason. And they knew there would be because, you know, with the deals that they made in the offseason for the for the players in all their walk years, they knew they were going to have to turn around this year and, and, and fill some big holes, but they were going to have more money to spend. So we'll have to see how that works out. Yeah, if they're not competitive right in the playoff mix next year, um, I, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a trouble here on the uh, on the podcast because it'll get up. Well, yes, it will. it'll be a it'll be a failure. The rebuild will have been a complete failure. But I'm willing to give the I'm seeing enough encouraging signs from the current management, and there's enough difference there from previous management for me to make a distinction there. They're actually being allowed to make the decisions this year, and you can tell there's a clear delineation point of when these guys were able to make the decision. Dick Williams, Nick Crawl, uh, and that and that group rather than the old guard. So, and, and, and it looks to me like Bob Cassini has taken a step back. And so uh, that's a, those are all good things. And so I'm willing to give them the little bit of the benefit of the doubt because they're trying to dig out from under a, a, a group that did not want to start this rebuild. They wanted to do half measures at the beginning and, and instead of really fully committing. And uh, so, but again, yeah, if next, if next year's bad, it's going to be bad here. Andrew Scott Wills asks, at patreon.com slash redlegradio. We can clearly upgrade at shortstop. Andrew, don't say that. Jose Iglesias is a superstar, remember? We can clearly upgrade at shortstop. I don't think anybody's ever said he was a superstar. Oh, my goodness. Everybody on twitter.com thinks he's a superstar. I think you're exaggerating there, Mr. Uh, I don't think so. Andrew says, I bet Barry Larkin could still outperform our current depth chart. Thoughts? I think that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Barry's no spring chicken anymore. I, I will take a seat uh, behind no one when it comes to my love for Barry Larkin, but uh, I'd have to say that Jose Iglesias could outperform Barry Larkin right now. Boy, that's <laughs> that hurts to say it. And I'm a big fan of the whole Larkin family, and I agree with you. Yeah, so I like the way you're thinking, though, Andrew. Matt Sheary asks, do you, do you think the Reds will have a 20-game winner next year? I think it's very possible, he says. Uh, I, do, I think no. I think 20-game winners are so rare these days. Uh, they're rarer than they've ever been because starters are going not going deep as deep into games. So and throwing as many innings. So I'm going to say, although, you know, they're going to have a great rotation next season, but I don't see a 20-game winner. Bill? Probably not, but if they if if they do, it'll be because they're really good. Uh, right, yeah. I don't, and that's another thing. The Reds will have to be winning a lot of games, you know, just to – for that to happen, it's a, such a team thing. Pitching I mean, is not based on the pitcher. I mean, as good as Castillo's been for most of the year, he's got 13 wins. Yeah, but if, yeah, yeah, the Reds would have to be significantly better. John Sheary asks, "How surprised are you that the Giants released Scooter Jeanette? And then, if you had to pick a second favorite MLB club, who would it be and why?" John's trying to put me on a tee and have everybody take a whack at me off that one. I'll take this one. Okay. I, I'm not at all surprised. I think the Giants got Jeanette basically for nothing to see if they could catch some lightning in a bottle and get it, make them, you know, they thought they could make a little run maybe. I think that's why they didn't train Baumgartner. Uh, and he got out there and he, he didn't play that well and they they cut bait. It doesn't surprise me at all. And would we get a player to be named later, I think? Yeah. And, which means once they released him, I'm, I'm assuming the level of player we were getting went, went down even further than it was and it probably wasn't very high to begin with. Shows you the value that Scooter has on the open market, though, uh, which is what we've been saying for a couple of years here. I love Scooter. Uh, extremely nice guy. Had a couple of really good seasons 
for the Reds. But, uh, you know, he, there was a reason he didn't have much value on the open market. And uh, you're kind of seeing that now. And I hate it for the guy. I hope he, ha- he uh, latches on somewhere and has a big year next year. I'd love to see that. But it was never going to be Cincinnati. Uh, he seemed like a good guy and a good, and everybody like uh, liked him. And the, you know, all the guys covering the team seemed to like him and wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, but there's a reason the Reds never offered him a long-term contract like everybody wants to offer him, and they're trying to offer the same contract to Iglesias now. Reds fans are. Yeah, even though I think we both thought at one time that that was going to happen. Yeah, I did. Well, because I thought Castellini was going to have his way. Right. Exactly. John, second question was: If you had to pick a second favorite MLB club, who would it be and why? I know what yours is, and and I and you deserve to be beat for it. Mine would probably be the Oakland A's. There's nobody that does more with less. The Oakland A's and the Tampa Bay Rays make me just angry. They are competitive every year. They spend less than the Reds. There's no reason that couldn't be us, except that we've been mis- the Reds have been mismanaged for so long. Yep. And that is just really frustrating to me to know that it's possible. As much as I as much as I hated the A's after '72, and I mean I hated. I didn't sleep the night after the seventh game of the World Series, and I've still I haven't forgiven Bobby Tolan to this day. I didn't sleep that night either. Yeah, I know. I do have an Oakland A's ball cap now. So that's uh, is that impressive? Yeah, that, that's the only other major league team I have a hat for. Well, other than, other than my Seattle Pilots hat. There you go. I'm going to say my uh, second favorite MLB club is the Cincinnati Reds. No, you're not. And we'll just leave it at that. Go ahead. Now, come on. Come on. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who my favorite is. Say it. Say it. It's the Atlanta Braves because that's where Billy Hamilton plays now. No, it's not. <laughs> say <I'm>, it. <laughs> it's the New York Yankees. Yeah, it's like going to Vegas and betting on the house. I watch, uh, <laughs> watch some Yankees uh, yesterday evening. They play, they're playing out west. Uh but I, did, I, did I read that all nine of their starters have 20 home runs? Uh, that can't be right. Is that right? I don't watch them. I thought I, I, thought I saw that on Twitter. I didn't check it, but that's why. Well, if it's on Twitter, you need to believe it. You don't have to check it. Just trust me. Well, everything's true on, on the Internet. Yeah. Um, Brian Bout asks, which two players from this group, and I'm going to give you the group of five players, which two of these players will end up with the highest career wins above replacement? And which one will end with the lowest career wins above replacement? So here's the group. Who's going to end his career with the highest and the lowest career war? Nick Senzel, Jesse Winker, Phil Irvin, Josh Van Meter, and Aristides Aquino. Oh, it's Aristides Aquino. I was uh, corrected on Twitter about my pronunciation. I think I'm saying that right now. Aristides Aquino. Um one of our dedicated viewers, uh, I think, has a Spanish-speaking girlfriend who uh, was mocking my pronunciation, I think. I think everybody mispronounces that young man's first name then. because I, I... We better learn it, though. He just set another record for most home runs in the first 22 games of a career in big league history. Okay, so which one? I think uh, you want me to take this or you want the, you want to take a stab at it first? Well, the, 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 I think the top one's easy. It's very easy. Yeah, it's Senzel. Yes. Um who the second highest one is, I think that's tougher. I, I, and honestly, well, I, I would probably bet Winker, but Van Meter, he's young, you know. I, that's I not the know. question, though. I don't know who the second is either. Um, I'd probably bet Winker, but who's the who? Which of the players going to end up with the lowest? No, see, it yeah, says which two players from the group will end up with the highest career war. Oh, it does say that. You're right. I, you you do know how to read. Yeah, uh huh. You know, and, and and I don't even do it for a living. Yeah, I go I go Sinzel and uh, I go Sinzel and Winker. But yeah, that's a tough one. The second one. The second. Tough. The second one's tough. The, the, I think Irvin's the lowest one. I think it's not even close. And and and, and, and you know, and he could be the lowest one, but it, it, for the right team, he could be a valuable guy. Uh, that right team might be this team. It could be. Platoon him correctly. Used, if he's used correctly, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean he's had a, he's had a good season. He's not uh, not walking much, but uh, but he's had a, he's had a, I got no problems with this season this year, none at all. Um, okay, good question. Uh, Joe Joe asked us another question. Should we answer this one? Yeah, no. let's, let's, I'm, we're gonna answer <laughs> okay. one one word okay. answer. One word answers. 
if uh, Joe Farsing asks if Suarez would hit as many homers in the other eight innings as he's having as he has hit in the first, he'd have 117 on the season. Why is he 80 shy? He's a slacker. Slacker. That's the word. Slacker. Yeah. Hooper Powell asks at patreon.com slash redlegradio. Hash Brown viewer mail. Missed you a few Saturdays ago at the game, but I was there also for Grateful Dead Night, and I was wondering if you've been to a dead show and where. Also, would you eat a PBJ or a grilled cheese in the parking lot? Well, I know your answer. You've never been to a Grateful Dead show. I like Uncle John's band and Casey Jones. <laughs> All right. Could you have named how many Grateful Dead songs can you name? A bunch. I listen, to, I listen to Grateful Dead all the time, but really? uh, I've, yeah. And one of my buddies is big time. He follows dead and company uh, all over the place. Um, one of my colleagues. Does he, does he know that the, the Grateful Dead really isn't the Grateful Dead without Jerry Garcia? He does. Absolutely. But he still goes and has a good time listening to Bob Weir and, uh, and, okay. uh, and some good music, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I've never been, uh, I would like, you know, I've been to, it's a good question. Cause I've been to a bunch of fish shows, um, which is sort of a similar vibe. But uh, never been to a dead show trying to get to a Dead & Company show. Before Jerry Garcia died, I really wasn't going to, to concerts at that time. Now, he says he missed me at the game because I, w- I went to a game. They had a concert after the game, a band called AJR. And the kids like. They were good. They were really good. My daughter wanted to see him, so we went out to the game and uh, let her watch her concert. Took her and a friend. All right. Woo the Reds. That's, that's his name. First name is Woo. Last yeah. name. Last name, the Reds. The only woo that should ever be done in a ballpark is, is when Ric Flair is throwing off out the first pitch. Here we go again. There he goes again. Did you, did you see Rick throw out the first pitch in Houston last night? I did not, know. Rick, 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 Rick wouldn't warm up real well. He didn't make it to the plate. <laughs> well, he's also about 90 years old, right? Uh, I think Rick is in his late 60s. Woo the Reds asks, on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is, the Reds aren't that dumb, and 10 is, damn it, not again, how likely are the Reds to re-sign Iglesias and then plan to start him and Galvis next season? Are you worried the Reds are already looking to be cheap on addressing the issues with the team? 1 to 10, how likely are the Reds to re-sign Iglesias and then plan to start him and Galvis next season in the middle infield? I would say 7. Oh, my goodness. For my mental health, I have to say one. What do you really believe, though? Five. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a real I was ch- chance. Six, and then I went seven. So I, I, I think Galvis will be the starting second baseman. If the opening day middle infield is Freddie Galvis and Jose Iglesias, I'm out. I'm out. No, you aren't. You're lying. I'm out. No, you're not. You're not going anywhere. Someone write this down. I said today that I am out if those are the starting middle infielders on opening day next year because come on. I mean, do you think Galvis will be the starting second baseman? I think he's more likely to be the starting shortstop. Do you? Okay. I do. I think think Iglesias is gone. Galvis will be the starting shortstop, which means they're going to have to upgrade other places because Galvis has, uh, you know, he has some pop, certainly, but his other offensive numbers are not. Not fantastic, and he's never had great offensive numbers his whole career. But he's you know decent enough for the glove, right? Same thing. He's decent enough for the glove. I think he could, you know, uh, I think he could handle. And he's been great since he showed up here. But you know, come on, Reds fans like to fall in love with a guy for three weeks, as uh, Jason Linden said on Twitter the other day. But uh, you know, he is what he is. He's what the back of his baseball card says he's going to be. And so I can, I don't, I don't mind him being the starting shortstop next year. But I don't, I don't see how you can have two of those guys. Because those two and Peraza are basically the same player. Yeah, yeah. And offensively, you know. Only uh, only you get a little more offense out of Galvis, a little more defense out of Iglesias. Right, but the value you're getting is not – you're going to have those two and Tucker Barnhart if they don't upgrade a catcher. It's just – it's it's bad. So, And to um, answer the second part of this, I, I think it's too soon to tell. It, it is. It is. Um, but I'm, I'm not ready, although I've said earlier that I, I – feel good about the current uh, front office, but I'm not ready on that scale of one to 10. We were just talking about, I'm not willing to concede that they aren't that dumb. No, I'm not either, but, but they also haven't proven to us yet that they're willing to open up the checkbook and bring in a guy that's going to make a difference. Yep. Cause you know, they brought gray in and it's been a wonderful pickup for him. 
and they brought Bauer in, and we'll talk more about him. I think you said we have a question about him later, but but neither one of those guys are guys where they said we're bringing this guy and writing a big check, and we expect him to be our stud. And that's what I want to see. I'll believe it when I see it. They I ha- agree. They have to. They absolutely have to. But the last big time free agent they brought in, Francisco Cordero. You know, quote unquote, big time. But he was, yeah. he was an all star. I mean, you know. But that's the last one before that. Eric Milton, I think. Best free agent signing the Reds have ever made. Eric Milton. Nate. No. Derek Dietrich. Dave Parker. Jose Iglesias. Dave Parker. Willie Tavares. Stop. You're making me sick. <laughs> Jacob Rude asks two questions. First one, the Reds have soured my optimism about the franchise in recent weeks. So what's been the best thing about this season? What do you think? What's the best thing about this season? That we've seen a difference in decision-making in the front office. I can buy that. I can buy that. I can probably sign on that. I was going to say the uh, fact that Aquino and Van Meter have kind of emerged with very with very specific reasons for why they've improved. You know, they made specific changes and have at least gotten themselves into the mix. That's a big success, a big win for and a, guy, a club. And, like and they were guys that we and they were guys that we never heard of. Listen, or, or heard very little about. Yeah. I won't say never, heard of, right. but they were not highly touted. No, they weren't. Josh Van Meter wasn't even invited to big league camp. Right, and he's going to go into next spring training. And after not being in big league camp this year with a chance to be a starter. Right. When when the season ends, he will be the penciled in starter in right field for next year. Right field. Hold on. I'm th- I said Van Meter. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said it. Yeah. Kino. Yeah. At the end of the season, probably will be as well. So, but I, but I agree with you. I, I, I think Van Meter will, I think Van Meter. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm not convinced the Reds are as high on him as we are. I, it'll take some time for me to believe that. Jacob. But he'll have the opportunity. Jacob's second question. Also, Chad, can I get your thoughts on VAR for the record? Do you, do you know what VAR is, Bill? No, I do not. Come on. You're not a soccer guy? It's the video assistant referee. Oh, okay. Now I know, now I know what that is because I did watch the, the Women's World Cup. There you go. And uh, they're using it now in the uh, – they used it in the Champions League last year, and they used it where it really helped uh, my team, Tottenham Hotspur. And uh, – well, Who's in Worcester? Exactly. And this okay. year, early early in the season against the Man City, it really helped them again, just like it did in the Champions League against Man City last year. But then they got screwed by it this past week. So um, my thoughts are I really liked it until last week. So you only like you, – you, your results-oriented on your opinion on that. How's it going to help Tottenham Hotspur? That's all, that's all I need to know. So, so if you got like a, a you know, you got like a hot bet every week on on your during your team. I mean, I is this is this something the uh, the people of Virginia need to be concerned about? Listen, this is just for fun. As okay. always, no wagering. Okay. Tyler Doyle asks, <laughs> if you had to choose any sports broadcaster, past or present, to conduct your funeral, who would it be and why? And he says, Hash Brown, George Grand. I, I get to go first. All right. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Ray. Well, he was a sports broadcaster. That's a fact. Yes, he was. I'm going to go with Marty Brenneman. And and the why? Because he's Ronald Reagan. I'm going with Marty Brenneman. Marty Brenneman is uh, the Reds announcer now who is just about to wrap up his career. And I wrote a piece for Cincinnati Magazine this week just sort of reminiscing about his career. So I'm, I'm sentimental about Marty right now. What's your opinion on George Grand now? Has it changed since he uh, left? Uh, as a broadcaster, no. Really? But, no, I mean, I couldn't stand but, him when he was when he was with the Reds all the time. And that, but now when he comes back, I realize, man, he's so much better than uh, most. TV than some people. others. Than but, some but others, yes. As, and, I, and I've said this before on here. You know, I I got the chance to meet him one of the times that Chris was kind enough to have my wife and I up to the booth. And he is is nice in person to you know to 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 people like us you know Linda and I, as he seems on the broadcast. Yeah, he I'm, is a very very nice man. Yeah, that's what uh, I think. That's a universal sentiment. 
So, and, and, and I want to say this because I know Tom Brenneman gets a lot, gets ragged on a lot, and he he kind of tried to throw me under the bus a couple of weeks ago on a broadcast. And, and, and Chris kind of Chris put a stop to that. But but the one time we met Tom in Milwaukee, he was also very very nice to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's you know that doesn't have anything necessarily to do with job performance, but no, uh, absolutely does not. But yeah, we need to need to. Uh, it's in the mix. Rich Thompson, final question from Patreon. Rich Thompson asks, other than the Frank Robinson trade for Milt Pappas, what trade do you consider the worst trade in Reds history? Rich says his was Paul Canerco for Mike Cameron. Worst trade in Reds history other than Frank Robinson? Uh, the trade that Paul O'Neill went to the Yankees was pretty bad. For Roberto Kelly. Yeah. yeah. I, I may sign up on that one. That one was pretty awful. Um I see why Rich says that about Conurco for Cameron, because Conurco went on to a great career. Um, if you remember right, though, when Conurco came to the Reds, there was concern about his – was it his hip? Well, I just know it was between him and Sean Casey. That was the – Well, but they, they were health, he, there were some injury, you know, long-term health concerns that they thought – or at least that's what they'd said as one of the reasons they traded him. And I don't remember how long Mike Cameron was here, but he was a pretty effective player when he was with the Reds. He was here one year, and he was fantastic. He was really, yeah. really good. It was that 1999 year where the Reds uh, almost uh, almost pulled a big upset. Uh, you know the other one you could you could make the case for is the Tony Perez deal to, to, to Montreal. What are you talking about? Woody Fryman was great. Man, for the half a year he was here. <laughs> then he quit and went home. Head off to the farm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean I get why Rich is saying Canerco for Cameron because Canerco did yeah. go into a long year, long career. But but when I think about a, a, a trade like that, I think about uh, the guy being a bust that we get back. And Cameron was not a bust, but he was only here for one year. So I, I, I and you know what? As, as much as people talk about the Frank Robinson deal because it was the Frank Robinson, because Frank Robinson, Mill Pappas had some good years with the Reds. Yeah, but we're talking about inner circle uh, Hall of Fame. I understand. So I'm uh, not saying it was equal value, but it's. But it's not like they didn't get anybody that, that was, you know, you know, it, it wasn't like they got Roberto Kelly. Uh, I'm going to say the worst trade in Reds history is uh, when the Reds got the Gary Majeski and Bill Bray and Royce Clayton for uh, Austin Kearns and company. So, I don't know. But, but, I mean, but Kearns never really did much after he left here, did he? Or am I, or am I misremembering? Yeah, that was because of the injury. Yeah, but, I mean... But they didn't get anything. You know, that was. I mean, if he was going to be injured the rest of his career, that was kind of a nothing for nothing. It was ultimately, but in terms of their respective values at the time of the deal, the Reds got universally uh, agreed that the Reds got fleeced. Well, and they, and they got I mean, they got hosed. I mean, one guy was injured. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was a lawsuit. I don't know if that's ever been settled. No, no. They uh, supposedly the Reds, uh, Jim Bowden. Uh, Appealed to the commissioner. It was never ruled upon. All right, let's. Uh, I got a had an email viewer mail question from Treats McGee. Good old Treats. Treats That's- McGee is off tonight. This is Veronica Corningstone. Would you be okay with a scenario where the Reds trade Winker or Irvin, but then sign Puig? You'd have Puig and a and Aquino in the middle of your order every day. So, first of all, uh, would you be okay with a scenario where the Reds trade Winker or Irvin? First of all, I mean that's the first part of that question. Well, yeah. I- I'm not opposed to trading anybody, depending on what you get. Exactly. And, 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 and what's it? What was Tweets McGee? Treats McGee. Treats. Treats. That's a relief pitcher name. You think so? Oh yeah, I think he's a he's a fireball and right hander out of the bullpen. <laughs> I think it's Willie McGee's son. <laughs> um, I but, think, but you know, I, I don't have a problem with trading anybody if you get value. What do you think about bringing uh, Puig back? I I like Puig. I would have no problem with bringing him back. I don't know how you play Puig and uh, Aristides Aquino. Aristides Aquino in the same lineup, though. They're both. Like, I don't either, but you know. I mean, I there'll have to be a plan somewhere. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Let's see. Let's go to Twitter.com for a few more of these uh, viewer mail questions before we wrap this one up. Bill, okay. We had some uh, some good viewer mail questions. Vander asks. Why is it that Jose Israel Garcia seems to be flying completely under the radar? He's destroying the Florida State League right now, plays an above-average shortstop, and looks like he could be the future for the Reds at the position. Can he get some love? Jose Garcia. Jose Garcia, of course, is the kid who was signed uh, 
couple of years ago now as a 19-year-old out of Cuba um, for close to $5 million, so a, a pretty a substantial uh, international signing, 6'3 six, six, kid, um, shortstop, and, uh, you know, okay. He's in. And he's younger he's, than average in the league he's playing in. He is, but but the reason why he's not gotten, you know, the question is uh, certainly why is it he seems to be flying completely on the radar? There are two things. Number one, he's still in A ball. Number two, he yep. his walk rate is not good. It's just, it's flat out not good. His walk rate last year was under 4%, which is just horrific. This year it's nudged up to a little over 5%, which is still very, very poor. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he, and I wouldn't say he's tearing up the Florida State League with a 280 batting average and a 342 on base. Well, that's a 131 uh, weighted runs created plus, which is pretty good. So I, it's, yeah, a, it's, but, a, it's a pitcher's league. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know that I would say that he's tearing it up. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I think he's uh, – he looks to me a little like uh, Peraza with the – Jose Peraza with the walk rate. So I, that's that, that worries me when I see that. Yep. At those lower levels. And he's in and he's in A ball. And he's in A ball, so you can't really project that too much. But I will say this, he is having an outstanding season. If he can actually stay at shortstop and handle the, the position at shortstop defensively, he has some things that recommend him a little bit because he's got a little bit a little bit of pop. He uh he good contact skills. Uh you know, I mean I I can see him being in the mix and uh if he gets bumped up to double A Chattanooga next year and has a year like this again at age twenty two, then I think we start thinking, well, this is a guy that could be a – because, again, as a shortstop, you don't have to uh, be a superstar hitter. But if you go look at the shortstops around the league, that's why Jose Iglesias ranks so low. There's some pretty good hitting shortstops around the league with a new emphasis on uh, on power, launch angle, et cetera. So. As, as Jason said, I think, last week, he said yeah, it's stacked at shortstop. It is. It is. Third base as well. So, um, BZ at Burke Franklin. BZ asks – do you believe Trevor Bauer can get back down to around a three ERA next season, or is he on the decline? Hashtag viewer mail. What are your thoughts on Trevor Bauer? I, I think he's been terrible since he came to the Reds, but that's not news. Um, 7.62 ERA since he got here. Yeah. But, you know, and, and, and I have no explanation for it. I, But – I would just like to see some improvement between now and the end of the season. You know, seem throw better games. Um, you know, below three is that what the question was? I mean, that's low. <laughs> around a three ERA. I mean, you're throwing around a three ERA. You're 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 really pitching well. I mean, uh, who who is? No one's around a three ERA this year, Hardy. Let me. There are very few. Let me. Let me. Let me yeah, find, let's 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 look at that. I'm gonna pull that up right now because the, you know the average ERA in the league is like four and a half right now, and Trevor Bauer's ERA for the full season is four point three. Um, so he's been on the whole there season. Are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys in the National League below three ERA. That and many. the Reds and the Reds have one of them. That many. Um. Let's see here. Well, I'm trying to pull it. Okay. Um. So on the year, Bauer's actually been by ERA plus eight percent better than the uh, the league average. Yeah. So around three, you got an. I would say when you're talking about around three, you got another. I don't know, another ten guys maybe. So you got to be a top yeah. twenty starter in the league to be around yeah. three these days. If, the, if that's a that's a rough way to to measure it, but uh, Trevor Bauer's only been a, uh, below three once in his career. Uh, that was his fantastic 2018 season. This year with Cleveland, he was at 3.79, you know, which is not nearly as good, but okay. I don't see any reason why he can't be, you know, in the threes. But I'm not. I mean, if he was at 3.5, I mean, I, I'd be thrilled with that. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he absolutely could do that. I don't see any reason to believe that he can't do that. But am I willing to bet on it? Well, not after the way I've watched him so far. No. He's. Uh, He's really well, he's, only, he's only been below four in eighteen and earlier this year in nineteen. Yeah, but you know, so let, let's let, let's you know understand what we have here in terms of career numbers. Yeah, but he only has to be a really good number three starter. I 
no, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. But I'm, 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 you know, I'm making the point to the question. Yeah. Is you know, you said is he declining? Well, other than one peak year, he's never been at the point that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's very little reason to believe that he's going to be a an ace again, but he can still be an effective pitcher for this team. Charles Zollers asks. Ash Brown viewer mail, how do you feel about the North London Derby on Sunday? Harry Kane hat trick? Ash Brown, come on, you Spurs. Little Tottenham Hotspur question there. I love my, my buddy Charlie here. The North London Derby is this weekend. Are is that you a horse race? Oh my gosh. It's Arsenal versus Tottenham. Arsenal is, is my, Arsenal is my least favorite team in any sport. In any sport? In any sport. Worse than the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yes. Wow. Yes. They're the worst. The Woolwich Wanderers. Get out of here. Why are uh, they why are they the worst? Bill, that's an entire that's gonna be a Patreon exclusive episode sometime. Mm-hmm. That's way too much to get into right now. Well, well, when we're gonna do that, let me know because I'll I'll bring my like my my you know, my earplugs and my you know, so I don't snore and Harry Kane's going to score seven goals. Tottenham's going to beat Arsenal 11-1. So not going to be a clean sheet sheet for Hugo Lloris, but uh, still 11-1. Good question, Charles. One of my favorites. Let's see what we got. Uh, Noah Gayhart asks, hope my actual letter reached you well. Who do you think we see brought up for September call-ups? You got any thoughts on that? Jose Peraza's one. Yeah. Um, were, were you surprised to see Jose Peraza sent down when uh, when Joey Votto came back up? Not as much because of the time of the year it was. If it would have happened earlier in the year, it would have surprised me. Um, I think Blandino might be up. I think he's still on the forty. Yeah, isn't he? He is. Um, and and O'Grady. Uh, I'm looking up the forty man roster right now. Um, yeah, I, I want to see Blandino because I want to see uh, I want to see him play some. I think he can help this club. Yeah, uh, he, he hasn't looked effective in the game in the in the limited time that he's been given to play thus far. Right. Um, Matt Bowman, he's in, in AAA now. He'll be back up, I would expect. Uh, Tyler Malley will yeah. be back. Um, yeah. Who else? Uh, Salbermano, I think, will be back. And that's about all that I can. Uh... Yeah, I think guys that they think can help the bullpen are, are most likely to be up. Yeah, may see Jose Siri. May may see him up. I don't know. Um, so I don't know. Good question. Uh, actual letter from uh, an actual viewer, Max Alfonso. Speaking of Jose Peraza, asks at Twitter.com/slash/RedLegRadio: Is Peraza on the twenty-five man roster at the start of next season? If I had to take bets on this one, I say no. I say no. What do you say? Is Jose Peraza on the 25-man roster at the start of next season? Before they – well, I, I would say yes, and I hope I'm wrong. Well, I, I don't mind him being here, but I think he's just it's going to be – well, I think he has, to, he has to be – again, he's a guy that could help you if he's used correctly. He's going to be the 25th guy on the roster if he's here. You think Herget will be up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one. They'll bring up – every reliever on the 40-man will come up. Um, Windy Peralta back up. Uh, oh, my goodness gracious. No more Windy Peralta. Uh, John uh, Kennedy has a question that I'm not going to answer because I didn't haven't listened to Amir Garrett on the Jim Day podcast, So although I do like the Jim Day podcast. Um. One final viewer mail question. Okay. This comes from uh, ha- uh, at OnoCoop on Twitter. Hashtag viewer mail. Uh, you're sitting at home and terrorists break into your house. They force you to either spend a week with Phil Razor or cut off four toes. Which do you choose? I'm happy to take this one uh, if you don't have an answer for it. You can take this one. Okay. Um, Oh, I will spend a week with uh, with Phil Razor, happily. Absolutely. I mean, what what a glorious time that would be. And that's all I'm okay, going to say about go. that. All right. Um, 
that's a pretty good place to stick a pin in this one, don't you think so, Bill? Yeah, I think we beat this one to death. As usual. Now, you all know you can subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. You use a podcast uh, catcher on your uh, on your phone, Android or iPhone. It's there, okay? You can find us. Just search for Red Leg Nation Radio at your favorite uh, place. And also, at each one of these places, especially Apple Podcasts, iTunes, if you could leave us a rating or review, absolutely really helps us. I, I'm astounded by the number of reviews that keep uh, and ratings that we keep getting over there, and really love you guys. Five star reviews only, because if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, be quiet. Keep your mouth shut. Uh, he's Bill Lack at Bill Redleg in on Twitter. I'm uh, at Dotson C on Twitter occasionally these days. Uh, we're at Redleg Radio on Twitter, and you can find us at Redleg Nation. Dot com every single day talking about the Reds since 2005. Bill, any final thoughts for the uh, the final stretch of this season? If you're sitting around me at the ball game the last week of the season, don't do the wave. Oh, please do the wave. I'm going to tell everyone, I'm going to tweet out Bill's seat location so you can do the wave around him. <laughs> for... <laughs> oh, I used to like you. Oh, no, no. Once upon a time. No, no you didn't. <laughs> All right, for Bill Lack and Gary Majeski, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week.